Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. And our special guest today is Drew T. Jackson, coming to us all the way from Fort Worth in Texas. Welcome, Drew. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, Drew is an executive coach, leadership trainer, and author of the Executive Leaders Handbook. And we're here today, of course, to talk about executive leadership, and uh, Drew's got some amazing tips for us. So, Drew, let's get right into it. What's top tip number one for an executive leader? What should they be doing? Yeah, well, number one, they should be overcoming obstacles in business. I mean, that's that's the number one tip is what separates leaders um, from those who do and those who do not is that ability to overcome obstacles, overcome the challenges that they face. And many times when when you're in that top level of leadership, um, they aren't the easy uh, challenges to solve at that point, right? They're many times the 51, 49 uh, decisions where they could go either way and you really have to make the judgment call. So uh, overcoming obstacles, overcoming challenges. Okay. And is there a technique for doing that? I mean, is there is there a, a skill set that, that managers should acquire or, you know, is it, are, are, good, are good leaders, you know, born or made? Yeah. Oh, well, if they are born, there's not enough of them born, right? <laughs> we need to, we need to make them for sure. Um, actually, in the first chapter of my book, I talk about overcoming obstacles. And, and it's the reason I wrote the book is I ran into a wall that I didn't know how to overcome as a business owner. And I reached out to a mentor and he gave me uh, a number of tips, six tips to overcome walls. But a couple of them are, you know, you've got to, um, you've got, you've got to uh, assess the wall or assess the obstacle that you're facing. That's probably the number one tip that I could give someone underneath overcoming obstacles is stop to assess it too often. I, I know for myself, my natural uh, bent was to just do the same thing with more tenacity uh, and more fervor, whatever challenge I was facing. I, I thought, you know what? Um, I just need to do it with more effort. And that's why I'm not overcoming this obstacle or this wall. And so I just hit that wall harder instead of stopping, assessing, and determining, hey, is this the type of wall that I climb over? Is this the type of wall that I dig under, that I you know, blow up, that I go around? What kind of wall is it? What kind of obstacle am I facing right now? So to stop and assess the walls that you're facing is uh, is definitely one of the top things that uh, is, a, I think, a learned um, technique in leadership. Okay, Drew. So, so moving on to to the second tip for uh, executive leaders, you your bio talks a lot about speaking and 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 speaking publicly. How does mm-hmm. that relate to executive leaders? Yeah. Well. Okay. At the at the top level of leadership, you may have times where you need to lead a meeting, present a vision, present a product. Um, uh, let the organization know where you want to go. Um, but overarching, I would say communication as a whole is the foundation. Uh, I, I would say the foundation of all soft skills, whether you're going to be in sales, in leadership, um, team building, vision casting, whatever the, the application is, the soft skill, it's going to be communication skills. So your, your ability to, um, uh, say what you want to say and people get it, right? You might say what you want to say all the time, but people don't get it. And if people don't get it, then you haven't properly communicated. There's a saying that the um, 
um, the, 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 the feed or excuse me, the answer is in the feedback, right? So, so, you know, if you've been, uh, if you've done your job of communicating with the feedback that you get, if you've tried to express an encouragement and someone has a sour look on their face after you, you said something to them, you know that, Hey, that did not resonate the way that I wanted uh, it to resonate. So uh, we've got to adjust and we've got to modify how we communicate and just recognizing with communication that um, every person's different. Every person's unique and what works for one person, how you say a thing to one person may not work with another person. And, and that's what I help my clients with a lot is just modifying their approach based on the person that they're uh, speaking to. So it's about being nimble on your feet, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, it's totally about being nimble on your feet and um, really listening, right? Listening for the cues of the other people in your organization and determining what works best because at the end of the day, I'm a results-oriented person. I think most top-level leaders are results-oriented. And it's not about what my favorite way to communicate is. I like to do bullet points in an email, right? But other people, they want you to ask, how's your day going? Um, You know, and and kind of uh, warm them up a little bit before you jump right into business. And so um, if that is more effective with one of my team members, then that's the approach I'm going to take if I'm trying to communicate something to them. And I would hope that they reciprocate with me. Okay. I love it. So uh, let's move on now. Tip number three for an executive leader. Yeah. Vision buy-in. So this is along that same communication route, but it's it's unique in that um, you may be able to have, you may be a great conversationalist, but not be able to get people to buy in. Uh, I was mentored by a great leader and he broke down leadership uh, this way. He said, leadership is knowing where you want to go and getting other people to go with you, right? It's just that simple. But to do that, you've got to connect the dots of what's in it for them. What is in it for the, every every single person on your team is asking the question, "What's in it for me?" Right? <laughs> hey, we're gonna we have this new exciting uh, agenda. We have this new vision. We have this new product. This new line. And the first thing they're thinking is, "What's in it for me?" Like, why should I care? You've got to help. You've got to help me understand how this matters to me in my life because I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm happy doing what I'm doing. And you're trying to change what I'm doing. So, what's in it for me to make this change? So, if you can answer that question and it's just like the communication piece. What's in it for one person is not going to be the same for another. Some people want the opportunity, the upward mobility. I've got a client right now that they're they're looking to expand and have a second location. And so they're telling their team, hey, there's more opportunity for everybody if we do this. And that hits some people, right? But others, they go, I don't, I don't really care about that. So you have to find out, you know, what is that, what is that thing for them that, uh, and and maybe it's just, it's going to make your life easier. If we do this, it's going to be simpler. We're going to have more resources. We're going to be able to get more tools to make your job easier. Hey, okay. That's great. That's what I want. Right. And so determining what's in it for the different, uh, you know, constituents, employees, uh, team members, whatever, whatever you want to call it, your followers, if you can connect the dots on what's in it for them, bam, you got it. So, so in a in a small business or medium yeah. enterprise, sure. how important is it then in that the vision is a collective vision and not purely a leader's vision? Okay, so like, I, I think what what you're talking about is um, 
a portion of the buy-in for sure is how, how I'm interpreting it. Um, and, and what I talk about in the book is if you want to get vision buy-in from your team, it's about um, letting them participate in the creation of that vision, which Rail, I think that's what you're what you're what you're Absolutely. asking. Yeah. Yeah. And I am all about that. Um, you, you can have an idea of where you want to go, um, but have those conversations and say, hey, this is this is what I'm thinking, but fill in the blanks. And it's it's interesting because when I do strategic planning with my clients, many times the owner of the company, I, I work with small businesses, the owner of the company doesn't want to share the vision that's in their heart. Maybe they're a little intimidated by sharing it because they think, gosh, that's kind of big or it's it's self-serving, whatever the case is. And I do this strategic planning session. They bring in their leadership team, their key leaders, and their key leaders, when they start dreaming and we start priming that pump of what the company could look like next year, three years, five years from now, they many times, every time that I've done it, they dream bigger than the president, CEO, owner of the company does. And for one, that's so encouraging for the owner, but for two, they all have buy-in, right? Now they're, it's their idea. It's their vision that they helped create, they helped formulate, they helped put together. And so you're not trying to drag people along in what you're doing. So that's a wonderful point that you made about uh, getting that collective vision. It's vital to get buy-in. Okay, so you have these. So, so tip number four yeah. is, is when you're gathering your team, you know, how do mm-hmm. you lead effective meetings? <laughs> yeah, so leading effective meetings is huge. <laughs> um, that le- Meetings can be kind of the, the bane of our existence, right? We've all been in that meeting where nobody's listening, People are typing away. They're doing other things because it's many times a leader that didn't think through what they're going to talk about in the meeting. It's just a meeting that's on the schedule. So we meet during that time and um, nobody wants to be there. It's it's useless and it's actually counterproductive. So what I talk about in my book is the LEAD model, and it's just an acronym, L-E-A-D. And the first, uh, the L stands for launch with wins, right? Get some momentum going. We all can focus on the negative. We're kind of trained to look at the negative, but start with a win. And this is going to be unique for every company. Um, They're going to define what a win is for their company. It's not just revenues. It might be buy-in from a team member. It might be a new hire that is, is getting something or a training program that's working. Whatever the case is, define a win and model uh, what it is to share a win, but start that meeting off with some momentum. Next, you want to explain why you called the meeting. Now, for the leader, this is the most important part uh, of preparation for you as leader. You have to, once again, tell them why are they in the room? Why is this important? Why do they need to be there? Why can't this just be an email, right? Um, and And then next, you need to allow for the group to have time to respond. And that goes back into what you were talking about, buying into the vision, um, if you're if you're sharing important information in a meeting, which I believe you should, that's what it should be for, then there should be time for some some buy-in to happen, some questions. Some everybody's different in how they process information, and some people need to ask questions to uh, understand before they can move forward and take action. And so you want time for questions to be asked, dialogue to happen, um, so that you can make sure everybody's ready to go and take action. Out of that meeting, and then the final the final step is D. Uh, determine next steps. Like, who's going to do what by when? Right? Why did we call this meeting? What actions 
are going to take place out of this? Is everybody going to bring back their ideas in the next couple of days? Are we going to make phone calls? Whatever is going to happen, there has to be action steps connected to that meeting. Uh, That's quite a good uh, acronym, Drew. I like that. Uh, My last paid employment was in uh, the Brisbane City Council, which is one of the largest local government organisations in the world, in the city that I live in. And um, I had a female boss and she just used to pick and choose the meetings she attended. She was supposed to go to them all, but she said to me, they're a total waste of time. I don't don't even go, Uh, which was a radical approach in the public sector back in the day, let me tell you. So um, I think, you know, what you're saying there is is really uh, important. Okay, so let's, um, uh, we've got some great tips so far. So let's wind it up. Tip number five. Yeah, tip number five is uh, failure. And really, an ex- as an executive leader, you need to be able to um, process failure properly. Um and perceive failure properly, understand that failure should not define you, right? It's, it's a blip in the, the timeline of your life. It's an event that happened, but it's not um, who you are. You don't want to internalize it. That's many times what stops people uh, when we talk about overcoming obstacles, right? You run into an obstacle, maybe that obstacle is you tried and you failed, um, if you internalize that and you let that define you, then you're stuck, right? I've never met somebody that moves forward in success while they have camped out at the the, the campfire of poor old me, right? You can't do both at the same time. It's just impossible. So you have to choose. And, um, and I've been through, I went through a time in my life where I was banging my head against the wall. It was everything I did for about three and a half years failed, I'm talking like everything I did week after week. And uh, what that taught me was that failure is, it's not that bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I would kind of pose the question after that, you know, what is it when when you no longer have a fear, fear of failure, but you're like way beyond that? What is that called? Because that's just part of life is, is there are going to be failures. You're going to try things. Something that works in one context you can go to a different context, a different group of people, and it won't work. And it's totally different. And you go, my goodness, have, have I, do I not know what I'm doing? And you start to question those things. But you got to push through that. You've got to understand that it's an event that happens. And it's an opportunity for you to uh, gain feedback. I had a friend say failure is just feedback, right? So, so it's just for you to go, okay, this didn't work. Now I need to try to figure out something else. And, um, and yeah, so, so that would be the proper way to understand, interpret, and really as an executive leader to train your team, how to properly understand and interpret failure and, um, and move forward, trying new, new things and, and not being, um, dissuaded in your, in your efforts. There's some great stories in the, in the corporate world, uh, about, you know, massive failures and how they've been treated, um, you know, I, I had an experience once with um, uh, Domino's Pizza here in, in Brisbane, in Australia. Uh, their head office is here. You know, it's quite a large organisation in this country. I was coaching the marketing manager and he he authorised a $30,000 spend on marketing flyers and they were wrong. And they had to be trashed, okay? Had to be thrown oh. in. So he went cap in hand to the CEO and said, um, I made this big mistake. Uh, here's my resignation. 
And, you know, to his credit, the CEO said, I've just spent $30,000 training you. Don't ever do that again. Now get back to work. Yeah. Um, you know, great story, true story. Um, and so, you know, I guess, but but for him, he the massive learning he got from that failure was just incredible in terms of his attention to detail from that moment forward. So, um, and I'm sure uh, you, you probably got other examples in your book. So let's just talk about your book for a sec, um, sure. the Executive Leaders Handbook. Now, where, where can we get a hold of this book, uh, Drew? Yeah, so you can. If you want a physical copy, you can you can get it on Amazon. If you want a Kindle copy, you can get it on Amazon um, or Audible. That They're all available there. But also, um, you can get it for free. So if people want the PDF version or um, uh, an Ooh, audio like free. Version, yeah, I know, right? Who, who doesn't love free? So you can go to theexecutiveleadershandbook.com. Keep it simple. Theexecutiveleadershandbook.com. And uh, you can get it for free right there. Um, yeah, PDF and, and audio, me reading it. So yeah, I'd love, I'd love for your listeners to, um, to do that, get this resource. I really created it for my clients. Um, you know, there are tips, tricks, techniques that I share with my clients and when we're done, and maybe I've worked with them for a year or so, and, and we're done. And I thought, I want to leave them with these different techniques that I've taught them on communication, on organizational leadership, on mindset. And I, I want to leave behind, and that's really why I wrote the book, is to leave behind for my clients so they could have these. So it's it's a true handbook in the sense that the chapters, there's about 25 chapters, something like that. And they are... Um, they're three to four pages each. They're very simple and they're on uh, topics, the, the most common topics that I run into with my clients when they say, I've hit a wall. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to have this tough conversation with a, a, a team member. I don't know how to have this, uh, this uh, conf- conflicting conversation with a client. And so um, I wrote them all down and uh, compiled it. So if you have a problem, you go to the table of contents. You find the problem that you're facing. You look at the chapter, put the book on the shelf until your next problem. So that's kind of how people can use it. Thank you, Drew. Uh, if our listeners want to get hold of you, talk to you further besides you know, downloading the book, what's the best way of being uh, getting in touch with you? Yeah, well, I'd love it if you connect with me on LinkedIn, Drew T. Jackson on LinkedIn. You can find me there or you can go to my uh, website, drewtjackson.com. Uh, I've got a contact form there if you want to fill that out and and uh, we can have a conversation that way. So those are a couple ways you can connect with me. Perfect, Drew. Thank you very much for being a guest on the Top 5 uh, podcast. And I'd like to thank my co-host, Lindsay Adams. This is Rail Bricker signing off. <laughs>